ranting against the state of, of modern second division football, welcome to Hand of Pod. giving us the lowdown on, on the situation, the managerial situation, or, or lack thereof at Crystal Palace. Uh, we are back in his, his flat again. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and this, as usual, is Hand of Pod. Uh, say hello, Ed. Hello. Um, he's already had his, his moment of uh, Crystal Palace obsession off-air, so we're not going to be talking about that for the rest of the uh, podcast now. Uh, I'm joined by English Dan. Hello. And Joel. Hola. And... Um, before we get on to the, the main talking point of the weekend, I'm just going to mention, uh, as a way in, I guess, of looking back at the weekend just gone, that in the last three rounds of the Torneo Inicial, we have seen an, almost exactly um, the goal count going down in, in increments of almost exactly a third. In round nine, there were 33 goals. In round 10, there were 22. And in round 11, this weekend, just gone, there were 12, which uh, if, there, if there'd only been 11, that would have been a nice... Mathematical pattern. Um, at one point, <laughs> shut it. Niche market. Yeah, yeah. So next week there's going to be what three and a half? Four? <laughs> well, four. Yeah, if it, if it keeps going. Run down. Or four and three quarters. Yeah. Um, at one point, uh, Ed was was moved to ask me via Twitter during the Boca Juniors versus Estudiantes match, which was the last of the weekend and finished nil nil, whether this was the fewest goals. Um, ever scored in, in short tournament or, or at some point in the Primera wasn't it it's actually not but it, it surprisingly um, the, that honour goes to the second round of, of this very season which only had 11 goals um, but it's the apart from that it, it's the, the fewest goals that have been scored since at the very least since the beginning of the class or 2009 or 2008 um, so remarkably low scoring uh, for Argentine standards there was one match that we were all at. It was the probably biggest one of the weekend, um, certainly the biggest in terms of league standings, at least, if nothing else. Uh, Racing versus Newell's Old Boys. Um, it was one of only two nil-nil draws. No, sorry, one of only three new, uh, nil-nil draws uh, this weekend. I don't know why I'm using the word only. That's not really that unrepresentative, is it? Um, what did everybody make of it? Second be first. They still are second and first. Everyone, um, when we got back, everyone seemed to be very down on game saying it was rubbish and there was very little, very few chances. Yeah. But um, but actually, and it's, it's an interesting point here that Newell's are very low scoring. But the thing is, they play, they try to play well. They pass it around. Yeah. They don't just hoof it up. Um, Racing maybe I thought a little bit less. But um, I mean, on reflection, seeing the highlights, it probably wasn't the best of uh, best of games. But no, I think we kind of got carried away because there's a massive, like, brilliant atmosphere like great behind atmosphere, fans yeah. who came in massive numbers and also the away fans like, I didn't see them but you can kind of hear them on the replays and stuff and it did make a bit of a shout I think from what I saw of the game it was very tight and you can't really argue with the draw and yeah. obviously possibly say you know if Racing nicked it there wouldn't have been too many complaints they had a couple of very decent chances I think Javier Camboda hit the bar in really towards it's kind of like the 10th minute it must have been really early and then Vieto right at the death I think had a had a good chance as well. Well, somebody hit the crossbar in, in the second minute from a corner as well. I can't remember who. Yeah, that's the that was the one. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think both teams weren't 
weren't particularly upset with the draw either. I know Racing, if they had lost, obviously if they had won, they would have gone they would have gone top by one point. But losing that game would have put them five points off the off the title challenge, and you would have said from there like their dreams would have been over. But still, two points behind, you can feel kind of there's still a lot of uh, expectation, a lot of hope, and this weekend is like really another tough game going away to Villas and no, it's going to be very interesting like we've all said it's not been the most enthralling uh, championship so far and I think that's reflected by the fact over 10 games there were 12 goals but I think that kind of title challenge especially adding Vélez to the mix who won was it 1-0 or 2-1 away to Tigre it was 2-1 away to Tigre so they're kind of one point behind sorry that was 1-0 yeah away to Tigre so they're right in the mix as well and it's going to be yeah from that kind of weekend this weekend coming it's going to be another big big week at the at the top absolutely I quite enjoyed it I thought, I, I thought it was I thought, very yeah. oh, no, I was pretty lit up, yeah. I mean uh, yeah. you're probably looking at different things so I've done, uh, I could only see half the pitch I was so yeah. high we got into the ground like two minutes before kick off uh, had to like smash our way through like the throngs of people that had gathered in the tunnel and just sort of managed to get right up into the gods and so yeah I could only see that I think Re- regu- regular listeners the, uh... will have realised that I just copy and paste that same little bit every time Dan describes his way into the stadium he's not actually <laughs> saying this uh, the same no it's, it's essentially always yeah. the same Ed very controversially I think said um, that the, uh, the stadium only shook when the Newell's supporters were jumping what That's do you think about this Dan? Well, as far as I can tell, the stadium's so well made that it shouldn't have shown. <laughs> Apart, you know, no, as opposed to the Boca stands and the San Lorenzo stands, because uh, you know, all of Racing's like roofed in and a bit more, a bit more kind of permanent, it um, <laughs> doesn't move that much. But maybe, yeah, mate. I didn't feel it, but he's, I guess, is entitled to his opinion. I, I enjoyed, I thought, I thought Newell's were quite fascinating to watch. Yeah. As, like, shape wise. Um, like Pablo Perez I think I mean, it's different to watching them on telly but you get to see a lot more of kind of the movement it's a bit like if you watch like Athletic Bilbao last season in the flesh and it's a completely different experience almost because of um, the way it works like um, what's that Vijalva who drops into like the defensive line makes it kind of a back three fullbacks pushing on I think the big difference between the two teams and the reason I think Newell's looks slightly better than Racing is Racing's fullbacks were dreadful and uh, Newell's yeah, fullbacks yeah. were good. It's the weakest part of the team. Yeah. There's a really strong core of the team. You know, about Corvalan last week. That's yeah. like the same thing. I thought Corvalan was ponderous. And I thought uh, Pugh was, was horrendous. He was getting so much abuse from Randall. The people in front of us, yeah. They, I mean, because like, he stayed on. Women he was, and children he, he screaming was, at us. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely. He, he, he was the, the target. He like, was the player the target. interviewed by, uh, by, on TV, wasn't he, afterwards? So he stayed on the pitch like, a bit longer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, certainly all the section around us were all kinds of abuse. Yeah. Oh, we clapped him, man. We clapped him. It's the difference between the plateau and exactly the, uh, like the real player. fans, the ones that arrive one minute before kickoff. That's that's what the, fact the, the real fans. Well, the, the Newell's fullbacks, who would have been Johnny, I suppose, on the left back, Johnny and, and Casares. Obviously, Casares was former wrestling, wasn't he? Oh, so God. He I'm, not, he I'm not going to talk about Casares. Get everyone here to talk about Casares. Pablo Perez was was excellent. That midfield, that midfield three is brilliant. Scott movements, as we thought. It's a shame Maxi wasn't playing. I think Maxi could have made a difference. But you know, it was, a, it was a good game, and actually, at the end, Racing probably I think deserved to nick it. Their second half performance was very good; they had a lot of chances. Could have won it right, right at the death. That free kick at the end. Um, well, I thought Centurion was poor. I was looking forward to seeing, but Vieto. Um, Vieto is brilliant. just class absolutely he gets better with every week it's, it's quite brilliant um, Vieto has got the second lowest rating from Ole of any wrestling player on the pitch just uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't pay any attention but to he also has no, one no, the highest no, I'm, I'm just finding the, the disparity between what they yeah. think and what, what, what they think what have they got Pujud 
Oh, they give him pursuit of five. Corbinan's got three and a half. Yeah. I don't think it was that bad. Yeah, he's got yeah. four. That's um, quick, great. Quick question: What did Cameron Essie get? What Cameron Lacey notably did not Crazy. get at any point was, was a yellow card for a tackle. <laughs> yellow. Which, uh, which he, well, he, didn't, he didn't get a yellow card, is what I'm saying, for a tackle which he watched afterwards and admitted on Monday in, in front of the press, yeah, that was probably a red card tackle. I got for that. Um, was furious. Yeah. There was Absolutely. a brilliant clash actually after that amazing. tackle between um, Ente and Zuelia. Mm. I've done it like. I know one side and I've had kind of the other half unconfirmed it was kind of the one confirmed is that you know they were up in each other's faces shouting and Ainsley said something along the lines of like who the hell are you like no one knows you and like yeah. apparently like what I've heard is like Zuendia responded by saying kind of David Guetta or something like that <laughs> <laughs> which if true is is absolutely fantastic <laughs> absolutely um, uh, it's true <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Aze, um also came out with this, this fantastic line, which was, uh, yeah, it was an ugly challenge. I, you know, the, he sort of said that the red mist descended, and and, um, and yeah, I, I shouldn't have done it, and it was probably a red card, but no, I'm not going to apologise to him, because, you know, it's football and these things happen. I think that tells you so much about uh, Maron Cameron Aze, the, It's the kind of ironic as well, because in so many ways. But you probably already yeah. knew if you'd watched his career. It's ironic as well, because I think this happened almost, you know, a year to the day after he managed to get sent off against Racing, playing for Lanús for another like yeah. horrible. T- was it? He stamped on Taranz, Doranzo, yeah, and like, kicked yeah. Taranz. Well, and in the face, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah kicked him in the face. face, face so was down. And like all the Racing players wanted to kill him, and now they're kind of out defending and, and, him. Yeah. Another match that I was at. Yeah, yeah, fortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that was uh, that was Racing versus Newell's other notable results of the weekend. Uh, well, as we mentioned, Vélez beating Tigre one 0 That was the end of Rodolfo Arruabuena. Of course, yeah. And we were, it's really I mean, we're, well, it's a shame, but it's also kind of inevitable because Tigre are now eleven matches. Uh, well, they're twelve matches in total, but they've got the the first eleven matches of this season without a win in the league. Um, they have won, of course. But it was very interesting, actually. I went on kind of the news article in in Ole, which was saying, you know. He went to say goodbye to all the squad and, you know, said his farewells, all that kind of thing. And the responses from the Tigre fans on, you know, the comment boards and stuff were really positive considering the bile and hate that usually goes into those mm. comments. You know, like, thanks for everything. We're not going to forget what you did last season. And, you know, it was time for a change, but you're going to be like an idol in, in Tigre. And also, interestingly, a lot of Boca fans coming in and saying... Right, January 2013, you're our new coach. Well, this is something that was uh, suggested because Arroba Barrena, I believe, stepped down, didn't he, rather than... He yeah, resigned, yeah. He and there was, there was a couple of people suggesting that maybe he was doing it in order that he'll be free to take the Boca job because, of course, Boca would never be able to pay his uh, compensation for, for Tigre if he had stayed on until the end of the initial. Um, well, today, Bianchi's, Bianchi's got a job, 100%. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd love to see him at Boca, I think... He, you do a better job. It'd be a bold move. Yeah, I'm sure. Very bold. Who about it? Sorry, I temporarily oh, forgot, forgot to say it. About. Oh, it's just that. Oh. I think. Um, well, I think he's a good manager. It's just that this year he's had the, the rug pulled out from underneath him in the shape of Martinez, Morales, and Luna. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you're supposed to do? Three best players yeah. can take from underneath you, and you're already kind of fragile, small club. It's inevitable. It's a shame. He'll he'll get a job very soon. Whether or not it's the right time to take on Boca. You know, it's, it's a difficult job at the moment, and it's you know, it's a pretty negative atmosphere at the club, really. And Is there an easy job in Argentina? <laughs> well, no, you're right, but of course, I mean, obviously, River and Boca are inevitably. He's still got uh, a profile in Spain as well. I mean, he could. Well, exactly, exactly. Real, he, did, he was at Villarreal for a long time, mm. um, but it's, it's a shame. But it was always going to happen. 
big win for Velez. Mm. Especially, I mean, they got wrestling this week. Things are kind of coming together. They're kind of creeping on the outside a bit quietly. Like they, they, they tried to do this when um, was it, was it the Estudiantes won the league a couple of uh, seasons back. Mm. Velez kind of crept up on the outside and nearly pit them to it at the end. This is a well-organised outfit. Uh, they're missing Perugia this weekend, but I really like him. I think Ferreira's been a great signing. Um, and Seno got sent off, but they were, they were... I mean, we only saw like the first ten minutes before we left, but good to see him doing well. Mm. Um, one of the other notable matches was another nil-nil. Godoy Cruz uh, at home to San Lorenzo. This was mostly notable, of course, for San Lorenzo's manager, Juan Antonio Vizzi, making his managerial debut. Um, away at Mendoza and getting I think a point that they'll probably have been happy with given the, the relative positions of the two clubs in, in the Inicial obviously that one was also uh, like Tigre Velez being played whilst we were all on our way down to the Racing did anybody manage to catch any highlights afterwards? I saw like the last 10 minutes of the game in the kiosk we were drinking in uh, before going into Racing but I wasn't paying particular attention we were too busy shouting and talking about Independiente's mum's Cunts and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pretty standard. Pretty I mean, we've had no cable because of the uh, the ludicrous storm. So, uh, <laughs> which Ed continues to insist did happen. Well, it obviously uh, happened because the entire building's cable went out. But no, we missed that game. I wanted to see that. I mean, obviously, I'm glad I didn't because it was a nil-nil. But got away Cruz's home record. I think that's a great point for San Lorenzo. To be honest, hmm. um, I did see Strakulusi saying that PC's come in and he said, "I want you to press high, win the ball back near the opposition penalty area, that sort of thing." The intention's there, it's whether the players can, can carry it through. Well, one of the San Lorenzo players, I, I forget who, was uh, saying earlier today that we're, we're playing 30 metres further up the pitch than we were doing under um, Carol Salombardi, wasn't it? Which is not much of a surprise. So, anybody who's seen San Lorenzo's away performances prior to this weekend, this season, uh, yeah, no, 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 not a surprise. Otherwise, I don't know. I thought the, the biggest surprise of the weekend was probably Arsenal beat Colón. Colón, to, yeah. I thought Colón were going to be back in the title race really Colón have fallen away a lot in the title it's race recently, today yeah. a bit but then they won they, they, they fell away but then they beat Vélez 4-2 and they kind of like chucked them back in the mixer yeah um, and in fact they've been better away than at home that's the other thing what's really cost them so far has been their home form bizarrely for they did that Colón. a couple of seasons ago didn't they? it's been the same yeah. story well, for the last yeah, for years, years yeah. and, then, and then during the, the Clausura this year they managed to pick it up and they were I think third in the overall home mm. standings so of course we had match. the whole episode about the, the Virgen mm. like yeah, the statue exactly, of the, the, the Virgin Mary and actually probably the biggest yeah. Colón story surely last night guys oof madness uh, did you not see it? I didn't see it. Yeah. I did see it, yeah. But why uh, don't you explain it? Since well, we we were um, we were strolling around Buenos Aires, but we arrived in uh, a nice little Tenedor Libre in Congresso, and uh, <laughs> just looked on the telly, and the game was suspended, uh, by, and they just call it suspendido por incidentes, mm. uh, which usually means like, the crowd's kicking off. So um, I didn't really see what was happening. Then the game continued, but Colón had nine and they had Ivan Moreno with Fabianesi their experienced midfielder in goal and it kind of just petered out to uh, the end result yeah, which yeah. was a Cerro Porteño win and uh, they got knocked out to the second leg of the Sudamericana but basically what had happened was the Cologne fans were kicking off uh, for whatever reason I don't know who started it so then the police kind of waded in with rubber bullets and the like well I had a did you see I had a very brief uh, chat with our man in Asuncion after, after the match, uh, Paraguay Ralph, um, who was not at the game. He, he'd been planning on going, but he got roped into babysitting duty quite late on, and he would have been sitting 
in the, he's a Sarapod then you're found. He would have been sitting in the section of the stand that the Colon fans were pelting with stones, so he was quite pleased in the end that he had to be at home babysitting. Well, it's quite incredible scenes, like the reason. But what, what he, he yeah. said it was um, something, there was some fairly minor unrest in the stands, and the Paraguayan police just waded Wait, in. Yeah. And, Massively overreacted. Another thing that was catching our attention, funnily enough, during uh, Newell's racing was that there was some, during the first half, uh, some of the Newell's fans, not a million miles away from where we were sitting in the stand, were. Um, it was attempted coming to blow incident with some police. It was They were trying to kick off, they were trying to bust through a gate. There was no yeah. need to bust through the gate, they were where they were. <laughs> they just wanted to bust through the gate because they could. I mean, they started climbing over the fence. Because they could not, because it for yeah. any reason. And then when the police forced them back over the fence, you know they're probably thinking, well, I don't know why I did that in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the situation in Asuncion on, on Tuesday night, there were a few Colón fa- uh, players then going over to the riot police and, and sort of asking them to stop. And uh, Diego Pozo, the goalkeeper, and one of Colón's midfielders, and also Maximiliano and also a Cerro Porteño midfielder, um, all uh, sort of. Kicked the fence at various points when there was a. Also kicked the police. Basically kicked the police through the fence. Yeah. That's what they were sent off for. The Cerro Porteño midfielder that it was was not sent off, which I think upset the the very few Colón fans who were left in the stadium. Which was, uh, from what the commentators said, was essentially just the players' sort of wives and families. Because mm-hmm. um, and yeah, af- afterwards there there were several cars broken into on the street outside the stadium. A few laptops or computers stolen. Um, and yeah, sort of riot outside on behalf of these Colon. From what I saw on Sports Center tonight, um, <coughs> they had Posso basically, he went over and they were trying to plead with the police to calm down and the fans to calm down. Mm. And then Posso's over there, right by the fence, and then he sees the, um, he sees the policeman just like start shooting at this guy for no reason. So he just just stuck a boot into the policeman because it was the only yeah. thing he thought was the right thing to do and um, he got sent off for that Kaido didn't even kick a policeman I think he was just <laughs> he was just trying to, he was just trying to calm it down and stuff. but then what happened was um, they wouldn't let the game start again until all the Cologne fans had been taken out pretty much and yeah as you say they started writing and stuff um, Rob like apparently they were just flying around well according to the Paraguayan thing I read uh, drunk and stoned robbing places with sticks and uh, today he's like 39 and then still in jail in Paraguay I don't know what's going to come of it you know apparently they're trying to bribe their way out of jail as well when they uh, cause all this destruction but I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a player sent off for, for kicking a policeman before but this is the first time for everything there is indeed this is South American football um, and in case we didn't uh, mention the, the scoreline already they, they lost 2-1 last night to Cerro Porteño I think it was 4-2 on aggregate yeah, yeah 2-1 both um, and they lost on uh, Friday evening, wasn't it? Away to Arsenal, two 0 which, for Arsenal's point of view, cuts a run of I think it was five matches without a win that they went through. Um, but they, they're picture. still down in eleventh. So I think their title challenge, we can safely say, is right. Yeah. Right. I mean, what it means for Cologne is, um, is the club, the Argentine club, that goes furthest in the Copa Sudamericana, qualifies for the Libertadores, which is obviously course, a big yeah. prize. Um, Colón obviously no longer in that picture so it's between Tigre and Independiente if Independiente get to qualify so Tigre could well be I mean in La Vez next season I mean they're or, I mean, they're well, that means it would automatically be. Uh, sorry, it would automatically go on Independiente. But also, next to the Libertadores, it's like January. This season, Tigre, I yeah. think, are going to be. They, they've got enough points on the board, they're, they're going to have to. I mean, they're doing very poorly at the moment, but I don't think that's relevant because it starts in January. But either Tigre or Independiente are going to be. 
mm. fighting the Libertadores kind of campaign whilst trying to avoid relegation, which, um, as some clubs have seen, is a bit of a, a bit of a mess to be in. Yeah. So yes. it's a shame because Cologne, I think, would have given a better fist at a Libertadores campaign than I would ever too. Uh, so I'd hope they were going to qualify, but I mean, they're they're not us. Yeah. No. Cup mystical independiente. It'll be interesting as well with um, Tigre pick up a bit in the second half of the season, win a few games. Like they might even still be there to uh, to qualify automatically. No, as one of the top teams after the second place, after the second place finish. Yeah. So that would put independiente in again. Just Is anyone on who's taking over? Uh, I haven't really read much about it. It's been Gorosito has been like Gorosito. famous. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's in. He's in. Oh, no, he's, he's already in. He's taking breaths and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Mat- Martin Palermo was was the name that was mentioned as well yesterday after it first came yeah, out. Yeah, I heard that as well. You just always wonder exactly. Kind he's of going to be mentioned at every time. If Almeida if Almeida loses his job, Palermo <laughs> the, least the least intelligent football manager of all time. Like, I can't think. He just mm-hmm. well, we had this discu- we had this discussion a few months ago, and I, I sort of said that, and they got argued round by these two, and I'm. I think I, I at the time, and I think you now are being perhaps slightly ungenerous towards him. Yeah. I think he's an idiot. <laughs> hey, excellent. Sorry, just to clarify, we're talking about Palermo here, right? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not Gorosito. No, no, Gorosito. Right. Yeah, no, no. no. Strong feelings. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all opinions. I've got his personality and ability. <laughs> other other results from the weekend. We had a one nil win Sorry, away. You've got Sorry, George, just quick note on Gorosito. It's yeah. great to see him back in football because yeah, he was he was Argentina's juniors coach. Oh, the he was. Uh, they were in the team yeah, yeah. Uh, hotel just the day before a match. He got called away for. Uh, personal reasons I've no idea what they were um, and he was obviously going very quickly there was obviously something quite serious major accident and I mean really the doctor said he was lucky to live life support yeah, so he, had, he had to leave the job because of the injury yeah he was yeah, so he's, 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 he's almost paralysed that's, that's yeah. why I yeah. 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 exactly so Estrada uh, replaced him at Argentina Juniors and uh, and it's great to see him it's good to see him you know healthy back in work basically because you know he's he's the kind of coach that he's done well at some clubs not so well at others but Everyone speaks very hard. Yeah, he's a good, ca- like, a good character in the yeah, game. Yeah, like, he yeah, speaks exactly. well, yeah. And, and flying the flag for the good old-fashioned Argentine footballing mullet still as well. Yes. I, I hope. I've not seen any recent pictures of him, but certainly before his accident. Um, his former club, Argentinos Junior, has lost 1-0 at home to Independiente on Friday evening. Um, good run of form from Independiente. Yeah, it is. Three, yeah, in the, three in the Three in a row, right? Yeah, yeah was three, it three in a row. And unbeaten I think it's three in a row, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Let's have a very quick um, Detestable. Entity, uh, it's it is three in a row, yeah. After, yeah, yeah. I'm glad he said it. How can you say that? <laughs> no, the one club was taking most, a stand most against the, the and... Barra Bravas. No, yeah, I, 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 I like the president, everything else about them, just <laughs> explain, explain yourself. <sighs> Semi built concrete nightmare of a stadium. The stadium is horrible. But surely that's something that. When the finished, it's going to be very nice. If the artist's impressions are anything. When? Like, but that's got nothing to do with the club. That's got to do with the time of the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. But the stadium, the situation of the stadium, has nothing to do with the the socios and then the supporters and the players, or or even the current. I don't like. I've I've never current current any of their players I've ever liked. I can't think of any like every fan and independent fan I've ever met has always been just like horrible. So to say about Kunagüero, bit a little. I can take him or leave him. <laughs> I can take him or leave him. And it's just, no, no, you've argued it works. It's not about the club, it's just like, you know, their fans have got a real sense of entitlement, which has come from obviously winning all these Libertadores and stuff back in the day. Imagine like. Who, it's who like, thought it? Yeah, it's like. Winning, winning the biggest yeah, the biggest trophy now, in South America. They're, they're nothing now. It's like, imagine like Liverpool fans on like some sort of hyper ego ecstasy. 
like that is kind of what I get with Independiente mate, if so you're you can a say what you fan. want about Independiente now you've mentioned Liverpool we're going to get all kinds of hate if, mate, if, right? you, if you are a Liverpool fan I'd just like you to know that Ed Malian's Twitter is EAA Malian uh, please contact him do not contact Hunter Pod or, or myself as the producer um, so that's, going in, that that's going in the title right Independiente obviously or yeah. Amargo like Liverpool well if you're on the hits you need to put Liverpool uh... well you could just edit that I mean, but either way <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the sort of club they are. You know, they, they won the trophies back in the day. They've done nothing for. Well, okay, they won the Sudamericana the other year, which is. I think like the Tim Pot Cup. I mean, all right, they haven't had a good time in the last twenty years of it. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> last twenty years. Mar- quite a long time. Maradona's idol was Bocchini. Maradona was an Independiente fan. Was an Independiente fan. Was Ima, a kid, you know. What was, what's the point? Yeah, you play for Independiente. It like means they have great footballers. It means they're part of an important part of you know the uh, the setup and uh, part, and, and no one no one can take it away from the fact they've the won more Libertadores. Not even one of the grandes. The one of the, <laughs> the, the super grandes. grandes. The super grandes. <laughs> uh, super grandes. Exactly. It's interesting in your tirade ter- ter- as well. Like one of the things you could have mentioned was uh, the Grandona connection, which a lot of people <laughs> wouldn't have had. Would have had a lot of sympathy. Oh, I'm beyond I'm just saying now. I can't even. I'm not thinking about Grandona anymore. To continue with the <laughs> the weekend results roundup, uh, all boys beat Belgrano. Oh, you forgot the big one. To be honest, saving that right. Oh, are you saving it? No, no, I'm going down in order. Oh, right, okay. You'll notice I've read out the, the top two, and I'm now reading out the third. Oh, one, I'm not, I'm not reading. Um, Only two in. Yeah. Somebody keeps interrupting me. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah, it's very yeah, annoying. Very argumentative. Um, all boys beat Belgrano one nil um, to sort of get back to form, I guess. Don't know how much more we can say about that. Was, was, who, who scored the goal? Was it Borgello? Uh, it was Mauro Matos. Uh, so Ivan Borgello does not extend his lead at the top of the goal scorer's table. Union uh, San Martin finished 2 1 to San Martin, who've now won three of the last four and drew the other one away in La Bombonera. So their form, is, like Independientes, has really picked up in the last few rounds. Got a Cristiano Renzo, we've mentioned. Tigre Velas, we've mentioned. Racing Newells, we've mentioned. Um, we will. Uh, the, one of the other, sorry, two of the other three, so we'll, we'll skip uh, one because the, the other two provide talking point uh, Lanus got a 2-1 oh. 2-1 away win Sam Shambi I got there in the end um, well they're into it in that as well I guess I Rafaela that was quite impressive in, in its way apart from the <laughs> you can basically there were incidents it's like they almost definitely pretty much yeah. no, they weren't attempted incidents they were actually things, things did happen during the match yeah um, there were three, three red cards for a start yeah um Tell us about that. Tell us about the incident. Incident in this. Well, I was. Um, I'm completely forgetting how to talk this evening. I turned on my television and there was no cable, so I looked at no storm for a while, and then I read on the internet that there were incidents. So I, I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just saw the score. Um, that's all. Uh, genuinely, all I can give you. I saw a bit of Boca. I saw a bit of River, but even that was. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm starting vaguely to remember now. There were about 12, 11, 12 minutes of stoppage time added. Um, for yeah, for, for incident. There we go. Uh, there we go. Yeah, you're right. It's a very casual <laughs> term. Stuff happened in the crowd, um, and Lanús ended up hanging on. I assume that was home, home fans kicking off because they were losing. Or yes, and the red card. Remember it correctly, then it was yeah. Um, Newell, uh, sorry, Lanús. Lanús winner came. Well, they scored two in very quick succession. In fact, no, they didn't. Lanus <laughs> <laughs> scored Rafaela scored almost immediately afterwards um, you know what's going to happen we're going to listen to this back and we're all going to there's going to be just a massive void we're all going to be laughing and no one's going to understand because he's going to edit that bit out yeah, yeah. <laughs> roll up another <laughs> <laughs> something happened after Rafaela's uh, goal pulled back to, to, to kick things off basically um, the other two matches which I've not mentioned yet and which are now going to sort of 
give us a bit of a segue into the second section of the pod. Um, but we'll, we'll start off by thank you. We're going to start off by reviewing their matches last weekend. Are of course River Plate and Boca Juniors, who this Sunday meet in uh, one of the biggest derbies in world football. Um, if you're going to be watching in England the the Merseyside derby, then it, get a stream of this one afterwards because you'll have a full afternoon of Titanic uh, clashes. Um, and at least one of those matches is bound to have at least some sort of moment of quality, even though they'll probably, for the most part, be bloodbaths. I thought you were going to say a few incidentes. Yeah. 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 There's definitely going to be a couple of incidentes. Yeah. Um, Kilmes beat River Plate 1-0, thus unceremoniously ending River's uh, run of two successive victories <laughs> and two successive clean sheets. Um, what did we make of that, gentlemen? Well, if, if, you, if your centre-back has a clearance <laughs> from a couple of yards off, the, off your goal line and doesn't... Uh, get out of the penalty area you're going to be in trouble sorry it was a brilliant assist like, well, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, essentially it's I've seen that assist, at like, Sunday yeah. league level you'd be disappointed that he hasn't managed to get it out of the area you would you know, be yeah. under 11 you would have added that play in five side like, under, yeah under 11 yeah, you know, right. under 11 you haven't got maybe the, the muscular fortitude in the legs to get the ball out of <laughs> the area but, but seriously that is like <laughs> this, is, this was bad uh, Bocinelli as well who um they were, try- you know, they were trying to get a move to Europe for like three mil euros in the. Well, he, in the he was at Sampdoria, wasn't he, for, for yeah. a while, and but, uh, um, he's not. Kilmer's, and actually, the bad news about that was um, Canera's injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he's, he's a nice little player. He missed a couple of matches with injury, and he came back in and sort of went, aggravated it. You just saw, no, you saw he just kind of went. Yeah. You know, when a player just goes down, he's, he's, he's been told he's got five months out. I think he's ruptured his crucial ligaments. Wow. Um, after previously having a very slight sort of hamstring strain that kept him out for the last couple of matches for Kilmes. Um, but yeah, Martin Cartaruccio as well has now scored against both Boca and River this season. And Kilmes, of course, Kilmes has beaten, beaten Boca River. It's not a huge achievement given outside Boca River. <laughs> it's been in the eyes of the Argentine press, it is. Yeah, well, of course. And then it's in his career, there. you know, one day he'll tell his grandkids he yeah. scored against Boca and River. Well, but this is the thing it's become, isn't it? It's not, it's not based on no, the current form or no, anything, but it's historically. It's, yeah. you know, At least they've stopped using Bomboneraso now. Well, there are too many of them. That's the thing. They still said Monumentalazo when Racing beat River, that, mm. that came up. That's a classic order. And, and yeah. that's a, the classic order that one side have got a big sort of... Isn't that just that game was very about poor, 300 and nothing. Matches, like, yeah. But a good win, good win for Kilmer. It was. But yeah. can they go out will actually have serious consequences yeah. for them trying to stay up, I think, because um, well, such a key player. And this is the thing, in terms of them trying to stay up, it was, of course, a, a good win, a, a big win for them, not only them, but also because them and River yeah. are direct rivals. River still, for the moment, appear to be comfortably ahead in, in the um, the relegation table, which I've just brought up to, to remind myself of the positions. They're, they're roughly mid-table. Kilmer said two positions above the relegation zone, but... Kilmes win the next match River, River lose uh, the next match or the next couple of matches and those positions flip over completely um, as we've seen so many times with this, this points average system in Argentina uh, the other match which I've mentioned in passing already and which we can now tackle in, in all of the meaty depth that it deserves was the partidazo between Boca Juniors and Estudiantes which I think it's fair to say was one of the most thrilling matches in recent history of the Argentine League gentlemen right why are you all looking at me like that I was watching TV cable, cable didn't work I didn't see it you didn't I saw anything saw at all so a little bit on the stream and Estudiantes were kind of on top Roman Martinez was playing well that was it mm. I, don't, I don't know what happened after that apparently Boca were awful Sergio Levinsky uh, he, he's a guy who kind of gives like 
commentary almost on a Boca game, just absolutely slating the way they play, and this was no different. Apparently, you know, they play. Well, he does it for, so play, he play does play it for River games as well, but. Yeah, they played 4-4-2 yeah, yeah. and no enganche and just... No, it was pretty pitiful didn't, stuff. Didn't pass the ball, didn't do anything. It's Did Paredes start, though? How was he? Well, he's so young. He, he can't be expected yeah. to, 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 to carry the team and to, you know, this whole kind of, oh, he's the next Raquel me. He's, if if in his, when he reaches reach absolute peak, he's close to Raquel me, then... When did he then start? Good, that's perfect for him. But he's 17 years old, 18 years old. I mean, he's... On the wing? You know, uh, right. Well, I mean, he, I think he's being played in, through the middle, right? Yeah. Okay. But, it, but it's so it's just so much pressure on a very young player um, who's very highly rated, but, I mean, so so many games away from, you know, being anywhere near that kind of that kind of uh, ability to, to carry the games. Um, it's really worrying how yeah. these two teams are going into the... Sunday's game because what's that for Boca two points from the last 12 or something like that or one point from the last 12 that just, must be two yeah. I mean beyond the results and, and the goals they're just not playing they're not I mean neither of them have got a midfielder not not a playmaker not an enganche, not a, but just a midfielder who yeah. puts the foot on the ball and just passes it and, and, and organises and dictates um, I mean for Rivers Poncio but he's, he's having to do everything he's having to be the holding midfielder he's having yeah, to get yeah. forward he's having to get wide he's having to do everything he's scoring the goals as well. I mean, he's, he's scoring the goals he's a one man midfield but it's yeah. not quite enough at the moment and Boca haven't really got someone who's I mean they've got a, a slightly more solid midfielder to say but they haven't got a player so as Important just by themselves. We think it should be Eriviti, no? It should be. That's the idea of him being. He's not given the same kind of role as in Banfield, is he? Which is strange because you would have thought. Well, he's so good at Banfield. The other bizarre thing was he he gave an an interview a month or so ago in which he said, "Yeah, Falcioni's playing me now more like a double five, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the Argentine expression for a a double second holding midfielder who's who's the more creative partnership in that sort of four two three one, let's say." Um, and he said it, it's it's like it's similar to it's more similar to how I played at Banfield. I'm feeling uh, comfortable here. And you think that's not what you played at Banfield at all. He's playing as a sort of classic number ten when he was yeah. well, you know, somewhere between number ten and a number eight, a box to box midfielder playmaker. He wasn't like that, yeah, that that kind of in any way, shape, or form. And it's, it sort of reinforces the fact that this is you know supposedly one of Falcioni's teacher's pets well everyone criticised him for that. He's uh, to be fair, he's more than hit back in an interview I saw a couple of weeks ago. He said, um, the thing is that, the problem is that not many people in Argentina watch matches outside of Argentina um, to the journalists that we're interviewing. Um, and he said, in Mexico I played a number of different roles and no one, no one here seems to have seen me playing those roles when he was um, in Mexico, as I said. Um, so, uh, Monterrey. Uh, indeed. So so he, uh, I've been trying to get a Monterrey reference in for years because I've got a friend who's Mexican and like, a fanatic. and one's for them. I think, yeah. That one's for them. There we go. Yeah. Um, we did play for Monterrey. But so I do think it'd be a lot more versatile than um, perhaps he's given credit for here. But uh, and there is very much the sense that you know Falcione brought him from Banfield and has made him kind of a very important player in midfield. But I do get the sense I feel that if he was given a bit more liberty going forward without Raquel me on the scene now, I think he could offer he could play that role a lot more than he's uh, being allowed to. Oh, they're uninspiring. That's the one word I use for Boca watching at the moment. Uninspiring, like. Mm-hmm. Even players that last year were popping up with goals and stuff like Ledesma. I mean, Ledesma's been not not around as much. But Tag- is like the. the but he's had a massive problem with it. He, he spoke to the media and said, yeah. you know, they wasn't too happy with things and, and he got Actually dropped because of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, Samoa obviously is, is getting a lot of criticism. The vegetable. The vegetable. Yeah, um, Viatri and Silva, or whoever's up front with Silva, you know, Acosta or whatever, they're not doing anything spectacular. Silva was kind of renowned for the spectacular at Velez almost. Mm. 
like you, you'd create something from nothing mm. you know that there's like amazing goals like the one where he just kind of tracks it 30 yards out and lifts it over the keeper mm. he's not doing that at no one's doing that at that's the thing like, no one creating anything that's out of the ordinary do we want to give Estudiantes any credit for coming to La Bomanera getting the point even though they didn't they played well they played very solidly they didn't give Boca an inch and they could have nicked like, I thought out of the two teams they ended up more likely to win it they had a chance right at the very end which Guido Carrillo uh, screwed inches wide of the post after a cross from is it Sabata? Uh, it might have been Sabata yeah, I think you're right um yeah, that, that's about all we can say about that. They're, they're well really organised under Kenya. Yeah, I think they're good. I like. I really like Martinez. Obviously, I think Zapata has been decent. He's one of the few kind of Colombians they brought into the league who they're just lively. They just get stuff done quick, strong. Yeah, the other one, of course, is like Carbonero. Who's well, you've got Carbonero and, and um, who's the other lads? Um, there is another bastard. Copetti, 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 Yeah, he got injured right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, he looked really, really promising. Which is a shame. Get lost in. <laughs> I'm fairly sure that Copetti's first download of the yeah, yeah, yeah. is Hannah Pod. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> if this gives him just the strength to recover more, more quickly, I have a feeling I'm, I was reading something recently about how we might possibly be coming back in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure. They were really excited when they when they signed him. It, yeah. it was seen as quite a coup to, to, to get him down to Villa. So, uh, or they were delighted for their headlines. I mean, it just absolutely ideal. <laughs> All their kind of it certainly lends itself to plenty of puns in Spanish. Um, but before we go into full preview mode, you want to go on? Yes. Well, I was I was just yeah. about to say that we shall now play some music, uh, and then having having reviewed. Um, Boca and Rivers last matches we will get on with the preview of Boca and Rivers next match Interesting matches this weekend. Newell's Old Boys, uh, the league leaders, host champions Arsenal de Sarandi, who, as one of Newell's players said yesterday, might now be crap, but they're still the champions. Um, Vélez Sarsfield, third place, host Racing in second. As English dad said earlier, Racing have had a, a difficult couple of weeks with Newell's and then Vélez. Um, Biggest game of the, the weekend. By far, by yeah. Far. Independiente versus Tigre, the two teams Ooh, fighting it out to be the last Argentine team in the Copa Sudamericana, play on Monday night. But of course the, the match that's going to uh, bring Argentina to an entirely metaphorical halt will take place on Sunday afternoon at half past three local time, um, which will be half past six, I believe, if you're listening in the UK. Uh, the reason I mention that is that I've been informed that if you have Sky on channel 428, Premier Sports TV will be showing it. Oh, they're wankers. Um, for free. <laughs> Don't advertise them. Oh, for free. For free. Oh, for free, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you've just had as enthusiastic uh, um, an endorsement, an endorsement as you're ever likely to hear on that. If you can watch it for free, then that, that's a great thing. I think you should, uh, you've got to promote that. It's just as a channel. They're, they'll, also be, they'll also be showing Lelis versus um, Racing, apparently. Um, but yeah, half past six for, for UK um, listeners. Uh, that, that is if 
the UK people are moving their clocks back on, on the Sunday morning, which I'm pretty sure is the case. If you're not, then it's going to be half past seven. Um, 3.30 local time, River Plate hosting Boca Juniors in the biggest Super Classico of all time, isn't it? Or at least since the 2004 Copa Libertadores semi-final, which is probably the, the actual biggest of all time. Um, they've not met competitively for a year and a half, of course. River have been in the second division and are out for revenge for all of the taunts and things, the, na- the nasty things that Boca fans have been saying. We were hoping to have an English-speaking Boca Juniors fan on this afternoon, uh, this evening, but there aren't any because they're all too ill-educated and that's what they're up <laughs> So, this is a joke. Just like, oh, just like looking at that. That's excellent. That is brilliant. Wow. Yeah. Pretty sure. I, I like it when people strike the middle of the road. I think that's good fun. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty sure I've used that one before, actually, as well. Um, so, we've got Bokken wow. Independiente and Liverpool fans out of the way today, right? Yeah. Um, but, gents, from a, from a neutral point of view, I think we've got. <laughs> which, is why, which is why I'm throwing it out to the floor. I think we've. Uh, myself and. I'm, as far as I'm aware, English, Dan, you're not going, are you? All right. So we've got uh, Joel and Ed who will be attending. Um, gents, what are you looking forward to seeing? Why are you looking forward to going? And, and so on. What's, what's going to happen? Tell us about it. It's always a great party. It's always good fun. Uh, the football's no good. It hasn't been for, for a long time. And, and it's been quite interesting watching this week, you know, how the coverage and the build-up has been all about like, so, uh, several historic games. And really, this is, you know, it's an amazing derby. Uh, as you quite rightly said, it's one of the biggest in the world, regardless of, of the football. Just for, for everything that it means, um, you know, they, they represent to... Well, it, historically, because it's, it's completely blurred and, and changed in more recent years, but historically they represent sort of very different sets of society, different schools of football and all the rest of it. So it's, it's always a brilliant occasion. That, and it that is last the, point. Of course, was something that, that David Trezeguet recently, very recently said um, in the Argentine press was quoted as saying that he, he likes River because of their sort of technical game, and he said you know Boca have a, a different style. Yeah, was, was the way that he well historically, it. yeah, River would, yeah. would have to play attractive attacking football, and, and Boca players had to just put their leg in, put their foot in for, for ninety minutes. And, and, and but that's, that's intrinsic link with the class thing, isn't it? You know, the, the working class people have to battle their way up, and the, the really the young absolutely, but obviously, as you said, correctly say, the whole class thing is absolute bollocks. That's now. absolute most, most that, the, the most important thing that we can do here today is dispel this myth yeah, yeah. that River Plate is for the rich and is for the working classes, because it's, just, it's, it's simply not the case. But um, I had a good discussion once with uh, Rory Smith, who works for the Times and is also an, a huge Argentine enthusiast, um, loves his Argentine football, and... We're talking about, he's talking about, he said every derby in the world is based on class lines. And I think you look around the world and, you know, there's a lot of that, even because uh, ones that are based on locality and location tend to be people that live in those places are kind of on class lines. Yeah. Religions sometimes. The, really, I mean, the religion is, a, yeah. is the main exception to that rule. But River Boca, yeah, traditionally, is that now it's, it's not. It's just the two biggest teams in the country by a distance in a country that's massive about football you know it goes beyond the boundaries I mean I, when I was in Peru Bolivia you see people with Boca shirts River shirts um, you know when you're in deepest Patagonia you'll see people with a River tracksuit jacket or whatever well, I have to say when, when I was at university um, and I uh, like Ed a few years after me attended the fine uh, institution at the University of Manchester um, I was walking down Oxford Road uh, one Sunday afternoon a couple of hours before the Super Classico was going to be played and I was wearing my river shirt and I walked past somebody in a Boca shirt 
and we sort of looked at he was English as well as, as far as I was able to tell we kind of looked at each other and gave a knowing nod I like, stay away from each other <laughs> say, come on yeah um, that, some, some kind of aggression but that's that's not any excuse for a stone that's it that belies yeah. the history of the class no I know I know. It yeah. was, it, I felt deeply Support ashamed really like for not jumping on him and, and beating him into a pulp but there was also a um, a few months ago uh, prior to Rivers return to the Primera um, the uh, the week before the the final match of the of the season against Almirante Brown, I went on a uh, River Plate um, supporting radio show, and there were two other guys on there at the same time um, who had come down from Colombia specially to see River's last two games of, of last season. Um, and they were talking about what it's like being a, a River fan at, at such great distance and, and obviously I was sort of giving a bit of a perspective as well on why I moved to Argentina to, to follow football and, and whatnot. Um, and, and they were saying that there was a, a guy in, in their small Colombian town who was a Boca fan and a fair size group of, of River fans who lived there as well and one of these guys had, had got beaten up by one of the other groups of people purely for walking down the street wearing the wrong shirt in, wow. on the other side of the continent you know like yeah. 3,000 miles yeah. away do you not feel like you let your team down by not doing that in Manchester yeah or no because it, yeah. I feel like you did as I said to Joel when we were out on Sunday night I try not to start fights when I'm out because I know who's going to win the fight but that's really interesting though because, because also Argentine football along with Brazilian football is, is the dominant force in, in South America you say Colombia obviously River got a massive history with that Falcao and, and Juan Pablo Angel and numbers yeah, and Boca as well, well was with, with, with Bermudez, you and know, also with Rivers, Rivers, Rivers two Libertadores wins were against. There's that again. Yeah, it, it, it may sound weird to to people now, but uh, Falcao said the reason he came to River, reason he loved River, and his idol was um, Juan Pablo Angel. Yeah. You know, obviously was was dog shit at Villa after signing for nine and a half million. Well, do you know, in the, in the very same board meeting when Falcao was. They, when River Plate agreed to to buy Falcao as a 15-year-old, they were also agreeing the sale of Juan Pablo Angel. So they just just overlapped. What? In the same board meeting. By days. By, by minutes. By minutes. By minutes. But I mean, that's the that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, obviously, the biggest you got the biggest. Like, I went to the equivalent of this fixture two years ago. Um, it was October 2010. River Boca at the Monumental. One uh, 0 Jonathan Maidana goal. One of the best days of my life. Purely because if you love football, like I was living here at the time, obviously you, you know you get so into it and everything. Like, everything about it just completely. Like, you know, um, it's hard to describe unless you really like love football as it is. But that Sheffield United um, song they have about the greasy chip bat, where it says "You fill my senses," that is exactly how I felt standing in the top tier of the Monumental when it says "You fill my senses." That's kind of how it was because you got. You can't, uh, before the game kicks off, we couldn't see the pitch because of the smoke. Mm. There was smoke everywhere. Enormous, beautiful flag based on the Budweiser badge. Yeah. Um, but I trusted Ted Blanc, you've got a little picture of Malvinas, all that niceties. You're really flag. selling this flag to me based on the Budweiser badge. <laughs> It's no, it's that, it's it sounds, is, but it, it was not it's 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 and then you're seeing all these things like the bright lights as well, like kind of as the sun goes down, it's as good as it gets. There is, uh, there's also 
the, the debate about where is the best Super Classico is it at the Bombonero or is it at the Monumental and I've got a very simple theory on this because I saw the one when the you, last Super Classico I've been to both uh, I saw the I mean the most recent one was the, obviously the one when um, Almeida was sent off actually as a player it was the last um, Super Classico uh, before River Plate were, were, were relegated the, the last, the last, last competitive well the last competitive one exactly and basically if the home team wins it's amazing mm, yeah it's absolutely amazing because, you, because, because the way that the ticketing has changed now it used to be that basically the, one of the clubs would get the whole mm. what of one end and that's kind of stopped now they just get the top tier of like behind the goal 5,000 tickets yeah tops they get 5,000 yeah, like, 5, yeah. say so you know that kind of the uh, the banter during the game has has died down a lot of people kind of say it's you know it's been really watered down but and the two clubs you know sling mud about who who started it and who stopped the safety well this is Seba told us a few uh, when when Seba was a regular on that pod mentioned to us that I think he, he's good said, and he's he's entirely neutral in this of course uh, he's not for reasons that we'll, we'll mention in a minute uh, that that it was Macri at Boca who started it and, and Seba of course is a not a River or a Boca fan he hates them both equally um, but is a, a big supporter of the current president of Argentina Cristina Kirchner so not necessarily a Macri fan for that reason um, well for a lot of other yeah, reasons yeah, yeah, once yeah, again yeah, under, but it, it underlines the, the fact that everything is politics in Argentina as well as just football either. yeah no of course, of course. Um, well unfortunately the problem is that Cristina just meddles with everything and you know now football and politics are intertwined are we really going to uh, but I'm not well, going to get not, involved no, yeah, it's, it's not getting involved in politics and intertwined yeah 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 Forever, but you know, but you know, well, I'm not going to get into Christina. You know, about it. But, but the, the, the important thing about the Super Classico <laughs> is I completely Six. agree with Job's theory. Spot on. I think one of the reasons the day was so good, River won. I mean, it was as you said, crap game because the stakes are too high. The players basically most of them break themselves. Well, in that game, in the, the one I was at that match as well. Maidana, uh, the, the Maidana had one 0 uh, the, the header from the corner. Yeah. Um, Raquel me asked to go off. After eight minutes. After eight oh, minutes. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, 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 be- and Bichi Borghi, who was obviously now the Chilean coach, was then a... Uh, that was his last uh, game in then charge. A, then a Boca. Yeah. Exactly. He didn't take him off. For the reason that maybe he thought, I can't take off Raquel in a Super Classico away after eight minutes. <laughs> you can't do that. Because if you didn't go on to lose... Yeah, regardless of, of whether Raquel was fit or not regardless so of the fact that Raquel couldn't kick the ball when he mm-hmm. has to be taken off because he was hurting but you know I was on Ole the other day and uh, the comment sections there are usually you know a cesspit of opinions but they still talk about most most are right Raquel yeah, yeah, but, 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 yeah, but this, is the worst, this is the worst <laughs> in the world I've ever seen oh come on watch yeah, it YouTube I, I don't look at the YouTube comments I'm not you know, well there you go but, this is why but you know the yeah, you know the comments on there and stuff is yeah, people are still talking about it saying oh, oh Raquel wanted to come, out, come up after 8 minutes so okay. I saw someone saying yeah he wanted like he, he PA can move but this is the brilliant thing they still argue about a tiny detail yeah that's a minute from, 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 a, from a classical but, but not just this one this one this one was quite recent this was 2 years ago but from like 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago you know and, and the, the classical has become you know known as the one when it's, it's a bit like Friends episodes you know it's the one when yeah, well, and you know there's, there's the famous one when Beto Alonso scores 2 from with the with the orange ball, and it's like the the, the, the orange ball super classico. <laughs> it's the thing they've got so much surrounding every single yeah. game. Players uh, earn their nicknames. Was you know Vaselina Rojas right. scored uh, River Plate left back scored one goal in, yeah. in his career, and I think he's one of the the players who's played more than anybody else in River's history. And if and the one goal was away in La Bombonera in a three-one win. 
What, what would that make him like the Vaselina? Well, Vaselina dos. Vaselina. Vaselinita. <laughs> but I think that's the thing. You know, it's, it was incredible when I was there because, as I've discussed this with you before, Joel, the um, when River scored, all the Boca fans whipped out those yellow kind of. They were like flares, but they weren't quite flares. I don't know what they no, were. Yeah, yeah. They were just ah. they were just like mental, just like a, this a sea of yellow flame, but silent, absolutely. But also silent. that came in the context of uh, the very recent ban on flares, mm. and so it was a massive mm. deal that suddenly Boca whipped out like two hundred. Yeah, flares. so many. Yeah, it was like a sea of, of yeah. flame, and it was it was wicked. I mean, we had friends who were underneath, and they were in the platea Raja below the Boca fans, and everyone had to retreat because flares, seats, and I got a, my friend got a great video with. You know, just hundreds of seats flying down and, and flares and stuff. My first ever uh, match in Argentina was in that section away. Um, not Boca C- were not Centenario. the away team. Yeah, in, in Centenario Baja. Boca were not the away team. The away team were in Nueva Chicago. They're not quite as big a club. Um, but their fans have a uh, feisty reputation, let's say. Oh, yeah. uh, River were given a, a penalty, which I have to say, from where we were standing, even River fans behind the goal at the time thought it was a bit dodgy. When we got back and saw it on TV later, we realised it was, it was correctly awarded. Um, to win the game with about 10 minutes to go, 1-2-1, one, one, and the last 10 minutes of the game were very similar, just seats just raining down. Unfortunately, yeah. it was a really rainy day, and obviously the stand was nowhere near as packed as it was for the, for the Super Classico, so we were all underneath the stand anyway they weren't sort of falling on anybody but the damage that they did it's a different away behaviour it is it is just an amazing it's an amazing spectacle and uh, I say I'm, I was glad I was delighted to go once so to be able to come back, come back and go again is, is excellent I, I, yeah. I'd love to go to the Bombonera I'd love to see it at the Bombonera because the thing about the Monumental is you're, far, you're quite far away from the pitch the Bombonera you're on top of the pitch I, you know it would be incredible to see but as you say, if you know, if you went to the Bombonera and River won three 0 you probably wouldn't enjoy it that much because the, the atmosphere would be nowhere like the same. Um, I'd enjoy it. Well, of course you would. Yeah, but it, you know, even that one time, just River scoring a goal. I don't know, I've, I've been to Clásicos in the Bombonera with Racing in the away end and one, and it was very enjoyable. I can barely remember I can, a moment. I can, I can barely remember a moment apart from the header from the corner, but it was still excellent. Just everything about. But that, there's part of that though, is because there's so much going on, and particularly mm-hmm. if you're not, I think if you're not yeah, sure. from here, you know, it is an just an incredible spectacle, and, and there's so much as, as we're kind of getting at. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. I mean, River Plate supporters, I mean, for example, have been collecting and, and asking all their members to bring newspapers mm-hmm. to the club for like months now, just for this game, and then they rip them up and tear them up, and then they hand them out as. Fans come into the ground, yeah, yeah. and then so that when the team come out, you know, it all explodes. And so, I mean, there's major sort of preparation that goes into these, and and it's the old, it's the very sort of uh, we've, we've all heard it lots of times, but it's very true that you can have a really bad season, but if you win the Super Glasgow, you're kind of all right. And it, as coach, and, 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 and just to clarify as well, Joel, because we've probably got some listeners who are listening and, and assuming that when you say River Plate supporters have asked the club, so this is the bad rap, but it's not, is it? It's no, no, the no, it's not. not they're sort of a semi official fans club, which is actually the fans rather than the hooligans yeah, yeah, most no, of the no, stuff no. That we should probably I don't know if we've mentioned this like most of the stuff that happens within the stadium kind of when people bring out loads of loads of kind of smoke bombs or or papers you know they like to throw in kind of like the shopping till rolls and mm-hmm. you know, throwing heaps of paper that's not the bad no, like, the bad have nothing well to do, there's no money in it so the bad exactly, yeah, are yeah. spending money I mean who organised the red and green flares that we had at wrestling the other day I know uh it comes within the. I'm going to get this right. The agrupacion, agrupacion de Lincha, which is like 
Uh, yeah, sort of a fans club. But I've got a so friend they just handed out. But this is what happens. No, what they do is that um, during the season they kind of get old shirts, say the shirt that uh, I don't know, Vieta won oh, yeah, or when he scored a hat trick, and they'll rap, no, rap them. Oh, rap they'll them. Yeah. But also, I mean, yeah, that's how they kind let's of not forget that, that all Argentine clubs are very political. Uh, they're all uh, fan, uh, member-based, so you vote in your president. So there's lots of different different uh, political groups around, and it becomes, uh, you know, if if one political organisation can say, you know, we did that, we yeah. did this at the at the Classico, it's kind of their their calling card. You know, it's kind of them like this is how important we are within the world of you know Racing, Independiente, whatever, or River Plate, or Boca. Yeah. If we can move on from the background a bit, to, 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 I suppose quite briefly preview the actual the, the, yeah. the match that's, that's yeah. taking place. I don't think anyone's uh, really excited by the match itself. The teams, uh, well, it's the day rather than the match. Explain, well, explain why. People because be we've, well, we've talked about both teams a little bit earlier, and just their recent form. Um, I'm going to accept River a little bit because up until that one of defeat against Kilmer, they been sort of uh, winning and and pleasing to I mean, so appropriate. Yeah, but they were two very yeah. very comprehensive but, wins. But, but this is the thing against Godoy Cruz they didn't play particularly well. They scored five, but they weren't particularly. They didn't overwhelm Godoy Cruz. Yeah. We said that at the time, but they didn't play that well. Godoy Cruz ever us on the road. One yeah. one thing I'm going to be interested to see is that. Um, uh, I, I've, I've talked at, at length about Matias Almeida's refusal to put defenders on the bench. He did have Luciano Vella on the bench on, uh, on Sunday against Quilmes. Um, and Gabriel Mercado could possibly be coming back to play right back mm-hmm. um, for this match. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. That might just add a little bit of sort of dynamicism to, to Rivers' play. It's coming back from injury, I mean, it's a, it's a big call. Yeah. I think he's an important, he's an important player, he's very experienced. And if, if I were Almeida, I think I probably personally would, would not risk him for this one. Yeah. If he'd been able to play against Kielbass, I would have given him minutes then, and then, you know, and would not risk him. Yeah. Tresca has been, been, been training play. in Monaco. Um, his, his flight, he was supposed to get back on a plane, uh, in case you're wondering. Dear listeners, uh, he's he's been over in France uh, finalising his divorce again, but he's he's been assured he'll be playing. He's been training with Monaco and, and with Lucas Ocampos while he's been over there. Uh, his flight was uh, cancelled today, so he bought another ticket basically so that he could make sure that he's going to be back in Argentina uh, by the time this podcast. Uh, and River was so worried about it, they sent uh, one of their own PFs over. What's it? Preparador físico. Thank you. Um, physical preparer. Not like a physio. Like <laughs> nah, a fitness coach. coach. Fitness coach. That's a good word as well. So they said, I'm just in the coins. Like when I saw it as PF and the thing, I kind of. It is interesting it. though because uh, you well, said with DT well, as well. When, yeah, but when they do the the team, they do the first starting eleven yeah. for the matches. Yeah, yeah. They say the coach and the and the yeah. fitness coach. They, they Not do the assistant or anything. Yeah, they, yeah, set yeah, more, they set a lot more stall by it. Yeah, like they kind of give it a lot more yeah. credit, and so they sent their their top man top fitness coach over to Monaco to kind of help Trezeguet on his path to coming back for it I mean he's the sort of player he's played in obviously massive fucking games I mean World Cup finals and stuff like that so it doesn't get Euro doesn't get much bigger gold, gold, that's gold. it he's there um, and I think obviously he's going to play so you think he'll be able to handle the, pr- handle the pressure yeah so but and the problem is that a lot of players can't uh, you know, no, no, that's no. why they end up the game ends up being rubbish because defenders <coughs> lose the use, lose the kind of mentality mm. where they can pass the ball mm. they just they kind of just lose the confidence in their own ability they don't want to make a mistake the last thing you want to do is make a mistake because that will be as we said that will be remembered in 20 years time yeah. I'll remember when 
Bottinelli couldn't get out of the area and, <laughs> and they'll be actually <laughs> smashed at home because if, well, he, if, if he made that mistake if he, against if Kilmer, if he scores on Sunday then it'll all be forgotten oh, of course if those yeah, two yeah. have been reversed if he scored against Kilmer, this Sunday just gone and then and, and done well, something like if that if he made that mistake that he made against Kilmer in a Super Classico it would be remembered <laughs> be for 10-20 years that would be his career would be forever be blighted by that you know um, and that's the sort of thing I think um, Poncio Trezeguet those sort of players can be massive this weekend and, uh, but who do who do Boca have of that ilk I mean Somoza I'd say and Schiavi but they've both been ropey as anything this season well see, that's the, what's interesting right is, is it going to be one of the older hands or would it be one of the youngsters I mean not not being funny but I mean Funes Mori mm. if he scores, if, if he scores a couple of goals that's, that's in definitely off Correct. I mean Iguain went to Real Madrid after his, his two goals against uh, in this Maxi Lopez went to Max Barcelona Lopez. <laughs> on the exactly. back of one admittedly <laughs> phenomenal performance away to Boca Juniors yeah, uh, yeah. back in 2005 or 2006 when it, it, it looked like he'd found Diego Maradona's boots somewhere in the corridors of La Bombonera or something um, but it was literally the only good performance he ever put in forever <laughs> but, but in the same goes in, in Boca I mean there's, uh, there's there's the lad Paredes but is, this could be like the moment when he when he really makes it. Sanchez Mino as well, Colasso. Uh, I mean, I'd be happy for Mario. I tell you what, Sanchez Mino. This, I mean, everyone's sort of talking about him being a, a left back. I saw him in training once, like, about two years ago, and he scored like, two from outside the box. I mean, he's got a brilliant shot on him. Mm. The other guy really who, who started up there was um, Paul Fernandez. Don't know much about They're him. All very excited yeah, about he, him. Yeah. He's played. He's play, you know, he's kind of get his appearances, but if he suddenly. You know, pops up in this game. He, he's suddenly enormous. There's a lot of incentive for the youngsters. Like this is the game where maybe Lancini, but then Lancini was quite poor against Gilmet. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've been, people start. have been saying, give him a chance, give him a chance, give him a chance. He got a chance. It was rubbish. Take it. Uh, no, he didn't take it at all. Which was a shame because you know I think he's got a lot of potential to be a good player. The other thing is that much as we've been sort of saying, Bocker have been crap recently and, and River prior to the Kilmes result were at least getting good results if not playing as spectacularly as the scoreline suggested is that Boca are three points ahead of River going into this Boca are fifth in fact if, mm. if they win and you know the other teams the, the teams above them maybe hold each other Boca will be right back in the title race um, whereas if River win they'll go level on points with Boca um, <laughs> no but the stage in the season though, for River Plate beating Boca in the Super Classico at this stage of the season that's a massive boost oh, no absolutely but I'm just saying in terms of where they are at the moment coming in you know, yeah, a, a yeah. and it, even you know, the, the Argentine bookies have, have got River as favourites but Boca are actually uh, I'd, I'd say possibly very very narrow favourites but they're, they're the higher team in the league no, I disagree I think at home for, River oh, I, I, I mean I haven't properly looked at it in terms of betting style but I would I would have had River down as favourites because yeah. the way Boca are playing at the moment is, yeah. and I'm just, I don't think that's controversial putting River. No, I, I, I think River, uh, River have been playing much better. Like obviously the Kilmer's result poor. Look at their home record. River quite big favourites like around with a with a well-known betting exchange. Uh, actually, no, I'll name them because I do write. You can them. name them. Uh, bet, with with Betfair, you've got River play at two point two six. Boca 3.5, draw 3.25 at the moment. Is this Betfair or Argentina? Or you That's just Betfair, Betfair, Betfair. Right. I don't know. Of course it's Betfair. Yeah, River Plate 2.26. It's a plug there. Like. I wouldn't. say it three times in quick succession. And um, there will be a big match preview on Betfair Sports uh, that I've written uh, for the match. But the important thing there is I think that's probably overestimating it. In, in a derby match, personally, I wouldn't bet on a result mm. ever. I think River have got the edge. I can't see where it's coming from for Boca. 
If you are a betting man, one thing that I found when I was writing my Hong Kong Jockey Club preview, which we're doing plus, <laughs> uh, get um, is that nine of the last ten, and in fact nine of the last nine um, competitive Super Classicals have gone under two and a half goals. I was going to go for that, but I don't know what the price is. But no, it, it's, it, <laughs> it's, and it's linked to what I said about this, the actual playing style of the game is that everyone brings it, and you know, it's, it's usually, isn't, there aren't too many Super Classicals where it's decided by a lot of goals. Where one team gets smashed by the other, mm. um, I think it's going. It's probably not going to be that great a game. It's not going to be super entertaining, but it's all about kind of what happens off the pitch. Which, if you're watching it on a on telly from thousands of miles away, might not be that great. But when you're there, obviously, it's a completely different situation. Did you see the interesting little thing about the app tree? Yeah. Um, Newell's midfielder Maxi Rodriguez. His parents were subjected to a violent robbery at their house, and six people were arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of them, I think, the detained. I, I think I know where this is going. Sebastian Biatri, a brother of <laughs> the hairdresser bandit himself, uh, um, Lucas Biatri. A complice, was he? Did, uh, they, Lucas was he involved was in not the in the, Was not in the area. He's got an alibi, That's but. It looks like no, no, no. But I mean, the money has Sebastian, Sebastian, Sebastian was, was Sebastian involved in, in the hairdresser robbery as well. I, I, I don't know. I so I'm sure Lucas did it with a cousin or a brother or something when he when it happened. Sebastian definitely was one of the six arrested. Um, so I don't know if Lucas is paying. And this is what in Rosario or in, in Buenos Aires. I just, I just saw the thing um, from a Rosario journalist. Well, wow. so yeah, same Rosario. I follow. But how ridiculous is that? I mean, I don't even know if Sebastian lives in here. If he lives in Buenos Aires, he's gone out there to make the robbery <laughs> <laughs> on a footballer. I mean, Viatri was in the domestic squad with Maxi Rodriguez a few weeks back. So, uh, good to see they get on and stuff. Um, but I, just, no, I thought that was interesting. Obviously, nothing to do with the Super Classico, really. Maybe that's where he got the address from. It's like, oh, Maxi, like, maybe I'll drive around one day. Where do you well, live? Well, then just gives it to his brother. Oh, stranger things have happened since <laughs> in the Google bar. Yeah. Um, uh, be pretty outrageous. But so you think? Who do you think the um, the key player is going to be in terms of? If you look at that, that River lineup, like Sirigliano, if he starts, Sirigliano's due. Sorry, I'm just found an amazing picture of him just holding a gun and looking completely gorgeous. That was a little bit of. A Sorry, Joel, you were saying before I shot, interrupted um, you so rudely. Sirigliano's definitely due a, a massive game because his form's been pretty poor there's been a lot of talk about it um, he was, he's been meant to be leaving for, for about a year year and a half now already um, for Fiorentina for City came and watched him for sure. City, City came and watched him City also came and watched Campos. I mean yeah. you know they, they were they were over um, he wants to go to Italy anyway he's, he's a real talent brilliant brilliant central holding midfielder um and he, he's doing a good game, and I wouldn't put it past him to. He'll probably go. He's been very poor. Back pass very to give away. Yeah. But this is it. He's been really poor yeah. this season. Um, and also, sorry, and the other thing is, Poncio's been good, so it's been hard. If they're playing that shape, it's been hard to have Poncio and Sirigliano, but I think both in that same role on, on Sunday will be important. We're going to move on to questions now. Uh, a few are uh, Super Classico related, a few are not, so I'm just going to go through them in the order that we received them. Uh, the first one is via email. Don't forget that you're welcome to, to email us via the Hand of Pod um, contact page if you want to. It's from Julio, and who's... When we get sponsored, this is going to be unbearable. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's going to be two hours long every time. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, he says, uh, I was just catching the highlights of Rosario Central's loss to Douglas Haig on YouTube, and I'm wondering whether you guys have any theories as to why Argentine football fans don't seem to be very forgiving when their team loses. He's understating things massively, I think, in comparison to other countries such as England. I've been to many matches in Argentina and have noticed that their fans are much more prone to turn on their players as opposed to other countries I've gone, such as Uruguay, Chile and Australia, which is where I'm from. To be fair, uh, Central were awful, 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 awful. I think if I was in the Central stands, I would have thrown something at Russo. I think it varies from club to club as well. Um, yeah, but obviously with the bigger clubs there's more pressure. Still, any club were they start losing, things get. Sorry, genuine question one, but were they fans or were they barras? Oh, it seems like they're fans. The no, it's a well, good point. It's, it's a good question. Yeah. It's, it's the question because but, because the barras get sent, and this is I mean this it, in in a way it's my answer to, to the question. So my version is that um, you know if the fans do it then. That's one thing. If the barra do it, it's it's the board. The barra paid by the board or the president who's in charge of the club. I'm not saying it's. I don't know if it's the case with Central, but it is the case with hundreds of other clubs in Argentina, and it's a possibility. Um, if if there's pressure from the board, if they've had enough of a coach, they send in the barra lever. It happened at Independiente. Yeah. It's happened yeah. at many other clubs, and and it happens. So that that was I mean, kind of why I, was asking, but I don't know. Whether but still, though, like they've been so yeah. bad recently, Central. You yeah. can believe the fans. And I'll make the point, just talking about the fans, I mean, we started, uh, I can't remember if we were talking about this on the podcast or off the podcast, it's been so long since we started recording, but <laughs> these guys um, who went to a different part of the Racing Stadium than, than I did were saying, uh, one guy, you know, Ivan Bichoud was really singled out and got all sorts of abuse from the stands, and we're talking about a team that's second in the league, two points off, off the top, uh, unbeaten in four, hasn't conceded a goal in four, and this guy's a defender, but still... He's getting like all sorts of abuse. Similarly, he was just because he was, he was, shit. There. <laughs> he was really yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but still, can you imagine in England? No, I know. Well, even but seeing that one player who you say didn't that, perform great in a nil-nil draw, like they wouldn't just throw everything out. I went to. I'm sorry, or, sorry, very quickly. Ortiz was screaming at Pichu. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's the a player. It's different. It's the centre back. He was uh, on the right hand side of yeah, the that. He was screaming the whole way, and he refused to give him the ball once when it was his throw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was furious. That moment was when he was so disgusted <laughs> with Pichu's yeah. performance that instead of throwing him the ball for the throw, and he dropped it on the floor and looked away, like you couldn't make eye contact with him. That <laughs> spoke volumes of how bad the performance was. But I mean, yeah, I worked at. Um, a Man United game last year against Stoke at home, I think it was. And you, you know, their fans, they, they were fucking like first, I think maybe second in the league. Their fans were still barracking some of their players. Like, oh, Carrick, you know, you get it, you get it in every league, it's, it's going to happen. It's just that here, um, you know, it's a bit more intense, I think, when, uh, when, you know, when the fans go for the players. Like here in England, you might get booed off the pitch, whistle off the pitch, players go down the tunnel, everyone goes home, and that's that. Here it's a bit different. Well, the two players are talking about leaving, right? Oh, oh uh, uh, Jacuzzi. Yeah, yeah, Jacuzzi is one of them, and I forget the name of the other, but, but they're talking about. He doesn't want to, doesn't want to train, he said, want to train again. His family told him not to go training. Quite again. right, too. Quite yeah, right, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, Matthias Silverstein asks What do each of you think make the Riverbocker Super Classico special? How different or how similar is it to Derby's back home? I've sort of answered that, yeah. Like yeah. It's just another thing, you know. I think it takes over the media for a whole week. It takes over every conversation for a whole week. Yeah, I would only add that um, Almeida's number two is Gabriel Amato, of course, played in uh, Rangers. 
and he said, and this is one thing I'll say, the closest derby around is the old firm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I went to Palace Brighton last year. That was pretty intense. But (laughs) that's a big one. More from a personal point of view than, uh, (laughs) but I I think old firm is the closest you can get in terms of pure. But Racing Independiente, although it's a lot smaller, it's, it's got well, as much hate. Seba maintained that it was, it was bigger. Yeah. I went to Racing Independiente and it didn't compare, from my opinion. It's just my opinion. The, you can. Sorry, everyone says the same about the stadium now. The, the Rosario yeah. ones as well. So people say the same about Newcastle. Like which are meant to be amazing, but none, none of the other ones bring together like 18 million fans against 18. No, this is true. And yeah. one. This is true. Depending on who you believe. It's a whole different scale. But this is the thing, I mean, it's, it's the whole country, and no other derby does that. Charles Reynolds says, which manager do you think has the most to lose from defeat in the Super Classico? I like that one. That's a good question. Ooh, that it's is a good question. Very good question. I was going to mention it earlier, but we kind of we moved on the conversation. I think Fassioni has virtually nothing to lose because he's gone. He, he, he's going to go. Almeida, if he... Because the contract's up. Yeah, if he puts something together, Almeida could be at the club for another year, two years. I mean, don't want to go too far in Argentine football, but Falcioni... Well, six months until he loses his on Monero. It's kind of weird that everyone is kind of accepting now he's going. So it's like they're kind of sleepwalking to the end of the season. You know, who's going to take him in January, Bianchi or Adolfo Valerio, it doesn't matter. But it kind of seems like Falcioni's just going to stay until then. They're not going to win the league. I mean, OK, they're not far off, but they're not going to win the league. Newell's... It'd be interesting if they won this weekend and a couple of results go their way, like... But it w- without Raquel May, they've never looked good enough. They've never got a string together. <coughs> so I think I'd argue that Falcioni has nothing to lose from this, and it's Almeida who's got the whole, all the pressure on him. I'd, no? I'd broadly agree with that, actually. Yeah, yeah good call. Uh, Craig Clark says, What would your tips be for attending a Super Clásico, or any Clásico in Argentina? It's on the must do list. Uh, Buy a ticket, tips. that's a good start. Yeah, oh, if hard. you can get a ticket. Um, that, the list he's talking about. Well, he's not talking about a list, but it was on the. It was number one in the observers. That's top two, 50, right? Was it? I think it was number top two. fifty sporting yeah. things to do before you die. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, oh, very expensive. expensive. I know um, uh, for a fact that the club that River officially sell tickets to the travel agencies for over a thousand pesos. Mm. Which not is quite. the ones that we got offered the other day. The cheapest ones were eight fifty. You could have gone for eight. But that was ticket only without the. Uh, package and it was for the Popular. Still, still Popular, yeah. You yeah. still do it. 850 pesos for a 50 peso ticket. That's a hell of a mark. No, but uh, the markup's big. At the same time, how, how much would you pay to go to Real Madrid, Barca, or the Milan derby? You know, it's a lot more expensive than when I did before. When I did before, I'm pretty sure I paid about 290 pesos, which is was about 50 quid. Yeah, I went in 2009 and I got one for 120. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, and I mean, I wouldn't want to go to an Arsenal game, but you pay that to go to an Arsenal game. But no, it is a lot more expensive now. And that's 138 pounds. The one I think it's one. The point is, it's it's very difficult. You have to go via an agency, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. because uh, for the for River Plate and Boca, will probably have to do something similar. Uh, they have too many members that can yeah. fit into the ground, so they have to do a canje. Like, literally, have to get online at midnight yeah. uh, a few days before the and game. Since the beginning of last season, yeah. River's normal home games have been. Sold out. out and bounce to non-members basically. yeah so it, it's it's tricky definitely and it, and it is expensive yeah uh, Scott Monroe says would Pablo Osvaldo have had a chance with the national side before he chose to play for Italy he's now scored 8 out of nine, uh, eight goals in 9 games it's an interesting question he would have been in the same kind of position as I guess 
la Vesi, Lisandro Lopez, uh, I don't think all I of these. Further down the all of these. Yeah, but all of these kind of guys are like, on no, the fringes. We said, uh, yeah. we said last week. Surely. We said last week. Would it be in a bar cost? Yes. Would it be in the starting lineup? No, in there. That's what yeah, I feel about. The fringes. Savella said that he was looking at him before uh, before he opted for to play for Italy, right? Mm-hmm. I think, he's, but given his form, he's definitely. I'd, I'd say he would have been first sub mm. for for up front. Phil Kearney inspired by a question from last week how much coverage if any did Manchester City get in Argentina given our trio of Argentines uh, as much as any big English club and no, possibly a bit no, they get more, they they get more. possibly a bit more due, due to due to the Argentines I mean, yeah, well the Argentines they got as well they're going to massive names get coverage when they do something yeah. if, if nothing happens like if it was a, a 0-0 City draw uh, and three Argentines played they might be like oh you know, Aguero draws a blank whatever no but say Newcastle isn't big news Colocini but, but they've got Colocini yeah. and Conas no. I mean that's, that's quite but, a lot for an English club but I'd say Manchester City on the other it's hand it's get really almost as much coverage as say not as Barcelona obviously but Does Real Madrid it's, it's on the same kind of level as Real Madrid yeah, yeah. it's about what they played for isn't it as well and like how big you are in the national team Conas and stuff but Davis forget about it like two of the most popular Argentines in it yeah. Uh, Stefan Kelly says could Sabella's Argentina feasibly take down the current Colombia side in your opinions yes so. it'll, be a, it'll be a very very interesting game I mean we're going to have to see they're not going to play each other for what six months nine months well, they, 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 him in, they did him in Barranquilla didn't they 2-1 yeah. Much, yeah. well that was before Pokemon took charge I think that's his point yeah. um, oh, was that just before he took over yeah. yeah no I think they'd only play like June or something because they won't play in, they won't play in the first round no, they played play the, return, the return fixture from the first, so the next double header, I think, they'll play the second one of the next double header. Venice, yeah. Venezuela, Venezuela and Bolivia. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, so there we go. You're quite right. So you'd have to wait till so about yeah, June. June yeah. right, so yeah. That's definitely. Hmm. Definitely. I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's, it's the question is, they've been. The question is, could, not will. Of course, so, they could. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. No well, doubt about it. Sure, sure. The interesting yeah. thing at the moment is, um, I, was gonna, I was just about to say, Argentina probably the best team on the continent, without doubt. But because we haven't got Brazil in the qualification, we, we literally run now until we get to the World Cup. That's how it is. Mm. Um, Colombia good, Argentina better. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, Wes Thompson asks, which is each podcast member's favourite Argentine player nickname? Good question. I'm going to go with vegetable samosa, but since that's what I made up myself, um, I don't think I'm allowed to have it really. Le- uh, Maggiola. Lechuga, lettuce. <laughs> I think. The one that, well, it's not just one, but one kind of player that st- sticks out for this is uh, Diego Vichar, which is brilliant. If you go onto his uh, Wikipedia page in Spanish, they have like a whole list of nicknames, ranging from like um, Roca to Al Qaeda to <laughs> Hippie to just God knows, like, so, uh, I don't know, ZZ Top. It's, so just, it's, it's just a fantastic list. So I'm thinking Vichar, but he's got about. 20 different nicknames of varying you know offensiveness or the thing is there are probably loads of player nicknames that none of us even know about as well which so many of them get who's got there's another sign there's someone who's had a good nickname I can't remember the top flight club he's got it's like El Mugre who is it ah El Mugre no El Mudo Vasquez no no El Mudo Vasquez is good Mudo Vasquez is a great one there's someone's Mugre something there is a Mugre I believe yeah I always, I, I always liked. It was quite mainstream one, but I always liked El Pachaso Aymar. Yeah, the clown. Aymar yeah. the clown. Yeah, yeah. One more question uh, for this is for the Handapod Language Lab. Um, Connor asks, why does Di Maria have an accent on his surname? He's talking about the the final I of of Maria. 
Well, the, the one I am marrying. Which way does he flick face, Sam? Um, well, it always goes forward, doesn't it? In, in Spanish. Spanish but, um, yeah. In French, it doesn't. No, but it's a Spanish language name. Uh, point, so Italian. All right, all right. You want, you want to be on this side of the table, yeah. don't you? Um, so it's not enough multi says, would the pronunciation not be the same without that accent? Me and Joel put our heads together and we <laughs> realised no, because you take his second name as Di Maria, like, as one part. So... If there wasn't an accent, it would be the Maria. Yeah, and, and you'd also get uh, just a general, the, the I wouldn't be pronounced as as much anyway, and as you've just illustrated it. So, yeah, um, so, yeah that's, that's your answer for that. Um, Connor? Well, it's like, um, it, I mean, it's just incredible how poor pronunciation of Spanish names are. I only quite recently got, got involved in, the, uh, in this about how they're, they're calling uh, Santi Casorla. In in England, I mean, it's astonishing. No, 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 but, no, no. But we won't no, go there. We won't go there. But um, but even the surname Bedis, I mean, it's literally like Jones, mm. right? For you know English and Spanish equivalents, and the amount of people that look on Perez, mm. it's, it's just not that hard. Well, the Jones and that, yeah. Yeah. Chavez, 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 but like, people can't get their head around the order of the letters. Exactly. It's like Carzola. Or, you know, they people do try and they overblow it with Cazola or something like that, you know. <laughs> but um, not everyone can speak well. multiple languages like, uh, like yourself. So. <laughs> Sorry, that's to feel a bit superior. Like, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Yeah. Um, Spanish is not a hard language to, to pronounce. Every, that's, that's, every, that's, letter, that's every letter is always sounds the same. Yeah. English no, no, is infinitely good. hard. No, but, you know, I'm with Connor on this one. That's a good, good question. Yeah. yeah. Made us think one of the most intellectual questions much. we've had this week, so <laughs> hopefully next week people can ramp it up a little bit further. We want more specific language uh, things, roots of names, maybe, yeah, subjunctives. Yeah. What are those Dr. Bob Aguero's surname? Are they just decoration? No, they are. Like they're because, yeah. Well, okay, so answer the question. <laughs> I wasn't asking I realise you know, but no. <laughs> if, if, if they weren't there, it would be pronounced ag- Aguero. It's, it's so you pronounce the U. Thank you. Thanks for that. Um, yes. There, there you go. Uh, and what, and also, Connor, look what you've done. Why, did, why did they name a subtay station after him? Because <laughs> he's that good. And you say Independiano, a big team. Look, they've yeah. they got, got uh, uh, yeah, that, that's the. I'm completely the other side of Buenos Aires as well. Um, on this note, we're we're going to to love you and leave you, everybody. Uh, next positions, of course. Yeah, um, I forgot to write them down, so perhaps I'm just going to go through and, and uh, yeah. try and remember what I predicted. Um, I can remember a couple of the matches, but here we go very quickly. Uh, here's Mystic Sounds music. And here are Mystic Sounds predictions. Um, San Lorenzo versus Quilmes. I'm going for a draw. I don't know why you're all laughing. <laughs> you didn't even hold up your, your piece of paper either. No. Sorry. I wasn't making a joke. I, was, I really <laughs> do think it's going to be a draw. Um, San Martin versus Atletico de Rafael. I'm going for San Martin to win. Estudiantes to uh, beat all boys um, at home. Newells to beat Arsenal, although I think that's going to be a particularly close one. Bellis Southfield Racing, I think, is going to be a draw. River Boca, draw. Um, Belgrano Union, 
Um, I'm going for a Belgrano win mm-hmm. because Uniana, dreadful. Lanus to I think I said draw with Argentinos. Colón to lose to Godoy Cruz and Independiente to beat Tigre. Um, those are the things. Did, did to you do the River Boca? I, I, I did. I said, draw. Was, he said draw. You said draw. Yeah. Sat on the fence. Um, do, do you three want to give your Super Classico predictions as well, since we've done the Super Classico preview? Why not? Very quick. I think it's going to be one 0 and the goal's going to be scored by someone random like Aguirre. So you're saying a River win? River one now. I'm Done. saying it's going to be two one to River. John. No no. <laughs> the best bet of the weekend is Newell's to beat Arsenal to nil. Ten nil, loser. Two nil. Two nil. Okay. That no, no. I to win, to win to nil. To win without conceding. Right. Yeah. To win without conceding. They don't concede yeah. goals. They should win. Arsenal. Uh, their price gets inflated by last season's form. Thank you for that. Um, we will be back next week to review the Super Classico. Um, by which point, Ed will, will, of course, have left. So, so bon voyage, Ed. Um, thank you for for your appearances. No problem. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to, to get to know you during your time in Buenos Aires. Um, Ed will be replaced by a little-known football writer um, who called Jonathan Wilson, Rubbish. something or other. Never Rubbish. heard of him. Um, who will be also attending the Super Classico and will be giving us his detailed tactical breakdown. So if you get bored by football tactics, don't bother listening next weekend. Or indeed, if you get bored by Sunderland. Um, for now, it's goodbye from John. Goodbye. Goodbye from Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye uh, for the final time in a while, I guess, from Ed. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.